The Holy Gospel according to John, chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, can be found in your pew Bible on page 1666. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning does indeed come from St. John, chapter 10, verse 11 through 18. I am the Good Shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock And one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Now I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani. Do you remember hearing that? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do you remember the other week I was talking about the, uh, the cross in the Old Testament into the newer Old Testament, that the Old Testament points to the newer Old Testament, and the newer Old Testament points to the promises and the prophecies that were made and that were come true by the person of Jesus Christ right in the middle here. It's Christ's crucifixion. They, they point to each other. And so I just quoted from Psalm 22, the words of Christ Psalm 22, verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This was written, of course, many years, <laughs> many years before Christ was crucified. And at 
the crucifixion, we know that he was surrounded by people and some mocked him. Some said, what is he saying? Is he, is he giving up? Let God rescue him. Others are saying he's calling out to the prophet. But he was actually quoting from Psalm 22. There were people that should have understood that. There were people that that should have just absolutely cut them to the core. They grew up reading scripture. They certainly would have known what verse one in Psalm 22 meant. There's others in the Psalm, the 22nd Psalm. He says, to you they cried and were rescued, and you they trusted and were not put to shame. He says, all who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. They say to him with derision, he trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. This is prophetic words of Christ coming. Christ's crucifixion, the perfect work done on the cross for you and for me. Christ being able to say, like the 23rd Psalm, I am the good shepherd. Further in that psalm, we read, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a pot shard, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. I thirst. Our Savior said. It says, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all of my, my bones. Remember the scourging? They laid him open. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. They did divide his garments, and that one bit of clothing that he had, which was, was woven in one piece, they decided not to tear up, right? But to cast lots. Prophecy fulfilled. I am the good shepherd, he says. And it brings us back to other scripture that points to Jesus further down the line. When Genesis 50, 20, it says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Do you remember that story? A little brother that was thrown in a pit, taken away to a faraway place. Those that meant for evil ended up having to come to him and beseech him. The evil ones, they had to come and beg his intervention. They didn't know who he was. And, and, and what a Christ-like 
uh, visual that is for us to see him to forgive his brothers, to send for his father, to retrieve his people, to give them what they needed. They meant it for evil. You and I are not unlike any of the people that were around Christ on that cross. As he was pinned to that cross, we're not unlike the brothers that sold their brother into slavery. I am not unlike anybody else out there, and that is that I am just a sinner in need of a Savior. And the difference between us and the world is is that we have eyes that have been opened to see that we, in and of ourselves, are lost. We have the Holy Spirit, and in a few weeks we're, gonna, we're going to actually celebrate the Pentecost, and boy, did things really happen then. One of the greatest evangel- evangelism, uh, evangelistic, come on, Ken, think of a, a word here. Peter goes and speaks to people, and he pierces their hearts with his words. The Holy Spirit causes them to repent and to believe. The Holy Spirit, power. I heard recently that somebody took offense to the Holy Spirit being called a counselor. And in, in, in California, we talk about counselor, right? Counselor usually means a, a barrister, a, a lawyer, right? And, and, and somebody says, well, you know, I don't find a lot of comfort when, in my lawyer. Any lawyers out there, I apologize for that because I'm going to turn this around. But I don't find comfort in my lawyer and the person who was telling the story says, well, let me just tell you something. I don't know anything about the law, really. In fact, I am ignorant to the law. I don't even know when I've broken the law. I don't know what are the things I can do, and that's a dangerous place to be. Backtrack a little bit. The, the Holy Spirit is a comforter, right? Counselor, right? But if I am in a world of hurt with the law, I call my lawyer, and he brings me comfort. He comes alongside me and he says, I got this. He gives me wise counsel and he brings me along. Now, we tend to look at the Holy Spirit as kind of this cute little friend. Maybe we don't, but we shouldn't. Let me say that. We shouldn't look at it with this naivete that it's just this this like a pet or a good luck charm or anything like that. The Holy Spirit in you is God, the Spirit. God who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit that lives in you is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And it's nice to have a counselor like that, a friend like that, a comforter like that. And he's the one that opens our eyes, opened our eyes to receive the fact that we're in trouble We're in need of a counselor. We need a savior. We need what Christ has done on the cross because we are hopeless without him. We, while still in our sin, God loved us enough to give his son to us, to the world. We need Jesus. Let me ask you you a question here. Does anyone have any guilt this morning? Feel guilty about anything? Boy, there's a transition. I was feeling good about the counselor. Now I'm wishing I was getting out of here, Pastor Ken, because does anyone have any guilt? You don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. I can see from your faces. 
Number one guy here, you know, yeah, I got some guilt. Okay, thanks, coach. Yeah. What do you do with your guilt? There's a thing called a guilt complex, right? We can't get rid of it. That's kind of, I heard, uh, the mark of Cain, if you will. We can't get rid of it. It's a part of us. But what do we do with it? Because we're stuck with it until the day that we go home. The day we leave this flesh, we're going to have a guilt complex. We feel guilty about things. What do we do with it? Well, we hand it over to Christ. We hand it over every week when we come here. Did you hear the words that I said? If we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Do you remember that? We need to repent. We need to confess. And then the beautiful thing that says, but if we confess our sins, God who is and just is quick to forgive us our sins, all of our sins. And then we hear the words that by his authority, for Christ's sake, all of your sins are forgiven. You need Jesus. And thankfully, we celebrate this resurrection season. We live a resurrected life. Here's Jesus. Here's your counselor. Here's your salvation you received in the waters of baptism. There's where the Holy Spirit came and met you, dwelled within you. We need Jesus. You're a sinner, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Here's Jesus. In a moment, we're going to come up to the table and we're going to receive a a bit of heaven. We're going to receive Jesus across our lips. We need Jesus. Here he is. It's not an accident that we believe and that things worked out the way they did. It's not an accident that the Old Testament and the newer Old Testament point to, the, to Christ. It's not a grand scheme to pull the wool over your eyes. It is true. Do you believe me? Better yet, do you believe Christ? Do you believe that he is the Son of God? Do you believe that he was born of the virgin? Do you believe that he was crucified, died, and was buried, and on the third day he rose again? Do you believe that? Cling on to that. This church preaches Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins. To the world, to some churches, that may not sound like much. It may not sound very flashy. But the truth is, it's the central part of our hope that is assured that in Christ, we have a place with the Father in heaven forever. It's just that simple. As students of the Bible, I encourage you each week, we print out the lectionary series, the Old Testament the New Testament, compare it. Be washed in the word. Come, 
Come and reason with us. Come and test it. Come and see where those parallels from Psalm 22 line up with Psalm 23 and Jesus' proclamation that I am the good shepherd. Oh, wait a minute, there's more. Isaiah 53, written long before Christ. Isaiah 53 tells us that he was pierced for our transgressions. That by his stripes we are healed. It's not an accident. There's an awful lot of proof in a case for Christ. Walk wet. Remember your baptism daily. In the name of Jesus, amen.